You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. This is Ashley, and I'm joined by Mary Thomas Hart. Mary Thomas is NCBA's Environmental Counsel, and she's a familiar voice on the podcast. But today she's joined us to talk about EPA's implementation of the 2020 guidance of County of Maui versus Hawaii Wildlife Fund. All right, Mary Thomas, I know that there is a lot to unpack with this court case, but if we could just break it down kind of into layman's terms. So what did this court case do? What did the Trump administration say about it? And now what is the Biden administration saying about it? Sure. Thanks, Ashley. So uh, this court case really started with the county of Maui in Hawaii, Um, and they have a municipal wastewater treatment system that treats all of the water on the island um, and then sends it out into the Pacific Ocean. Part of their treatment process involves injecting treated water into groundwater, and that was not included in their Clean Water Act permit. So um, environmental groups sued and it got up to the Supreme Court. And last April, April 2020, um, we got a decision from the Supreme Court and the case, like you said, was County of Maui versus Hawaii Wildlife Fund. And in that case, the Supreme Court determined that indirect discharges to navigable waters, like a discharge through groundwater, can be regulated by the Clean Water Act if it is functionally equivalent to a direct discharge. Um, So, If it reminds you of anything, it certainly reminds me of the word significant nexus and the confusion that that caused among the regulated community, um, regulators at both the federal and state level. And so EPA is now tasked with determining, um, you know, what does functional equivalence mean? And so we got a guidance from the Trump administration actually in one of the last days of the administration and that uh, guidance told us that you know they're going to take into consideration seven criteria that were provided by the Supreme Court, and those include distance, time, um, biological and chemical changes as as the water moves underground. Um, but also, they added an eighth criteria, and that is system design. So system design, uh, as you would imagine, a wastewater treatment facility is treated are managed very differently than a farm, right? So if if a system is designed to use groundwater or you know underground movement as a way to treat pollutant, then maybe it should be considered in the permit. But if any discharge, any indirect discharge um, to groundwater or soil or otherwise is only an an incidental kind of uh, thing, an accident, and you are, you know, trying to keep all of your pollutants above ground and and effectively managed, then they shouldn't be included in your permit. Um, That decision to include system design, I think, is part of the reason why EPA, under the Biden administration, announced that it will rescind this guidance document. That's a really helpful breakdown of what exactly is happening here and why it's going to impact agriculture. So can you just talk about how NCBA has been engaged from the very beginning on this topic? We really have. So we kind of tracked the the case as it came through the district court in Hawaii, the Ninth Circuit, 
in uh, California. And then when it got to the Supreme Court, NCBA and a, a group of other agricultural groups filed an amicus brief. So that's a, it's called a, a friend of the court brief uh, to show support for the county. Um, and in that brief, we kind of brought to light a lot of agricultural specific issues that maybe the Supreme Court wasn't going to think about, you know, because the case County of Maui versus Hawaii Wildlife Fund considers a discharge from a municipal wastewater treatment facility, not a farm. So we needed to make sure that the Supreme Court justices realized the very real impact that would come to agricultural producers um, if if they made a, a, a bad decision in this case. Um, so just to kind of highlight what some of those agricultural concerns are, Really, when we think about regulation under the Clean Water Act, we think about large CAFOs, right? Large concentrated animal feeding operations. Um, those are point sources under the Clean Water Act. The statute tells us that, the agencies tell us that. Um, and for cattle operations, a large CAFO is any operation that manages in a confined area over a thousand head of cattle. So those operations are, are well-versed on the Clean Water Act. They know, how, they know how it works, right? But there are lots and lots and lots of small and medium animal feeding operations that aren't subject to the Clean Water Act, that might be subject to state regulations, might implement voluntary manure management, um, but they're not subject to the Clean Water Act um, without EPA first showing that there is a significant environmental risk from that operation. Um, medium animal feeding operations specifically can be regulated under the Clean Water Act if they discharge to a WOTUS, to navigable waters, from a man-made structure, right? So. Our biggest concern is that, you know, we know that there are a lot of medium animal feeding operations out there who implement voluntary manure management. And all of that is, you know, made up of lagoons and ditches and, and other conveyances to hold and then agronomically apply animal waste. Um, and those are man-made structures. So if, if EPA were to expand this interpretation of the Clean Water Act, um, we could see more medium animal feeding operations subject to Clean Water Act permitting requirements. So moving forward, what is best case scenario for ag? What do you hope to see and, and what are you fighting to see? Yeah, I think one of the, the things that we pointed out in our amicus brief, um, I also helped write a, a journal article on this issue. Um, what we saw from the Trump administration in its original guidance on the case um, was a differentiation between uh, how those pollutants are discharged to groundwater, right? So um, is, is discharging to groundwater and is groundwater treatment of those pollutants, is that part of your plan as, as an environmental manager, as a business owner? Are you using groundwater as a way to treat pollutants before they reach navigable waters? Um, the best example is the county that was at issue in the Supreme Court case, right? So that, again, that was a municipal wastewater treatment facility and the last stage of their water treatment was using injection wells to send treated water into groundwater. They knew that that groundwater flowed out to the 
to the Pacific Ocean, um, but they counted on that groundwater being a tool to further filter the water before it reached the Pacific Ocean. It was a part of their plan. It was engineered into the structure of their, their operation. Farms don't do that, right? Farms count on you know managing manure on the farm and then agronomically applying it as fertilizer or, or selling it offsite, right? So we want to make sure that there's a difference. And you know if you're planning to inject nutrients or pollutant into groundwater, that can be considered in your plan and in your permit. But if those discharges are accidental, if they are not a part of your operations plan, then you shouldn't be required to, you know, implement additional permitting requirements for those maybe incidental discharges. Because, you know, I think that that, that is what could create a really dangerous precedent of farmers across the country being just constantly subject to uh, a risk of, you know, violating the Clean Water Act with no real way to protect themselves. So what is what is your game plan? If you had to sum it up in kind of one or two sentences when you walk back to your desk, what are you going to do? Well, we've been working with EPA um, and we'll continue to work with EPA. And I think the other side is making sure that courts across the country implement the County of Maui decision um, and don't don't just completely ignore it. Right. Because it does, to an extent, set certain limitations on how the Clean Water Act can be implemented. And I think we saw um, a court ignore the County of Maui decision just last week, um, and that was in the Ninth Circuit again. But the Ninth Circuit found that um, the state of Idaho has to have more comprehensive groundwater monitoring as a part of their Clean Water Act permits. Um, And that is something that almost, I would say, cuts against the County of Maui decision because, you know, County of Maui at least limits federal regulation of those discharges to the ones that are functionally equivalent to direct discharges. But um, I think that 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 decision is definitely overexpansive in the Ninth Circuit. And so we'll we'll work to make sure that EPA adequately implements the County of Maui decision and that it's respected by federal courts. Well, thanks, Mary Thomas. This was a really helpful uh, overview of the issue, and we'll certainly have you back on to give us an update when there's more news to share. Thanks so much, Ashley. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.